the thunder mutters. A poetry and music podcast presented by Becky Dello and Adam Horowitz. Episode 7 John Clare's The Shepherd's Calendar, July. Hello and welcome to The Thunder Mutters, episode 7. And this month we're back with John Clare's July. I'm Adam Horowitz. And I'm Becky Dello. Well, July. There's a damp stillness on the hills on this side of the valley. It certainly doesn't feel like the July that Clare describes in this poem. Similar for you on the other side of the valley, Adam? Uh, Grey clouds nobody hanging out and relaxing like they do in the poem that's because they're all in the pubs now they've reopened i suppose that's a possibility yeah (laughs) rather than buying us a pint if you'd like to buy us a virtual coffee or put some money in the pot to help fund the podcast please visit www.kofi.com forward slash the thunder mutters We'd be very grateful if you could contribute something, if you feel you're able to, just to help us with the costs of running the podcast, hosting it and so on. That would be immensely helpful. Okay, so to July. I start this episode with the dance tune Paddywhack from Claire's manuscript. It looks like this tune was immensely popular in the 18th and 19th centuries because that it appears so much in printed publications and in the surviving handwritten tune books, both here in the UK and in America. The tune is also known as Pig Under the Pot, and I chose it because of Claire's lines, the swine run restless down the street, anxious some pond or ditch to meet. After recording my July tune selection, I listened to Adam's draft reading of the poem which he'd sent through. And although there were some similarities to the one I'd been looking at, there were also major differences, as if Adam was reading the wrong poem. Turns out he was reading a completely different poem because there are actually two published versions of July by John Clare, which has gone on to confuse the tune selection slightly. Adam, why? What's the history behind Claire's two versions? Well, as I understand it, the first one, the one you were working from, is a lot longer and a lot more rambling. And the the edition of the Shepherd's Calendar I have has a second version. It's, It's stated as having the second version of the poem, which is much more honed and much more smooth and fluid. And, I mean, I think he published the first version and then worked on it quite hard just to get it perfect because it fits much more neatly in with the other other pieces of the poem surrounding it now. Next from Claire's tune book is the jig, G. O'Dobbin. This tune was used as the melody to songs in a couple of stage plays as far back as 1757 and 1762, 
one of which uses lyrics which cite wagons, buxom maids, all fitting with the lyric flow of the July poem. Soldier's Cloak is another victim of the wrong version of July. I chose it to reflect Claire's imagery of the cowboys as soldiers, but this is missing from version two. The lyrics of the song are really sad and tell the story of a country maid who was taken advantage of by a married soldier in his sentry box. So not fitting at all, but still quite a nice tune. The one thing I will say is that despite this difference in text we were working from, the tunes, just from the sound of them, fit the poem perfectly. The next tune is a reuse of one I played in June because the lyrics of the song fit so well with the, with the poem. The tune is called Come to the Bower and I've changed the key to make it feel heavier and darker, which I think fits with the intensity of that July noon heat, which Claire describes so beautifully. Very much so, yes. And it's a distant memory of the weather from a few weeks ago. <laughs> the beautiful jig, Welsh jig, is next. Again, chosen for the wrong poem version. But in the first version, Claire mentions the parson and the church, which he omits from the second version. In Ireland, this tune, the Welsh jig, is known as the priest and his boots, and also the parson and his boots, which is why I included it. But it's a pretty tune. Next up, a song melody dating to at least 1725, Lass of Patty's Mill. The connection being the references to haymaking, thankfully relevant to both of Claire's July poem versions. The lyrics were written by Alan Ramsey, who reputedly was walking with the Earl of Loudoun by Patty's Mill on the banks of the Irvine River. They saw a girl spreading hay in a field and the Earl commented that she would make a fine subject for a song. Apparently, Ramsey completed the song in a few hours. I take us out with the dance tune Speed the Plough, sometimes known as God Speed the Plough, and again, relevant to July due to the ploughing references. In the early 20th century, the tune and dance were thought to be related to ancient rituals carried out on Plough Monday, praying for a good harvest, although I don't believe there's been any evidence to prove this. Other sources cite Moorhead as the composer in 1799, again disputed. Needless to say, the tune was evidently very popular in the 19th century as it appears extensively in both print and manuscripts in both the UK and America. So without further ado, let's hear July and here's Becky playing Paddy Whack. July, the month of summer's prime, again resumes her busy time. Scythes tinkle in each grassy dell, 
where solitude was wont to dwell, and meadows they are mad with noise, of laughing maids and shouting boys, making up the withering hay, with merry hearts as light as play. The very insects on the ground so nimbly bustle all around among the grass or dusty soil, they seem partakers in the toil. The very landscape reels with life, while mid the busy stir and strife of industry the shepherd still enjoys his summer dreams at will, bent o'er his hook or listless laid beneath the pasture's willow shade, whose foliage shines so cool and grey amid the sultry hues of day, as if the morning's misty veil yet lingered in their shadows pale, or lolling in a musing mood on mounds where Saxon castles stood, upon whose deeply buried walls the ivied oak's dark shadow falls, oft picking up with wandering gaze some little thing of other days, saved from the wreck of time, as beads or broken pots among the weeds of curious shapes, and many a stone of Roman pavements thickly sown, oft hoping as he searches round that buried riches may be found, though search as often as he will, his hopes are disappointed still, and marking oft upon his seat the insect world beneath his feet, in busy motion here and there, like visitors to feast or fair, some climbing up the rush's stem, huge steeple's height or more to them, with speed that seems no fear to drop, till perched upon its spiry top, where they awhile the views survey, then prune their wings and flit away. Others journeying to and fro among the grassy woods below, musing as if they felt and knew the pleasant scenes they wandered through, where each bent round them seems to be huge as a giant timber tree, while pismires from their castles come in crowds to seek the littered crumb, which he on purpose drops that they may haul the heavy loads away, shaping the while their dark employs to his own visionary joys. Picturing such a life as theirs, as free from summer's sweating cares, and only wishing that his own could meet with joys so thickly sown. Sport seems the all that they pursue, and play the only work they do, 
The cowboy still cuts short the day In mingling mischief with his play. Oft in the pond with weeds are grown, Hurling quick the plashing stone To cheat his dog who watching lies, And instant plunges for the prize. And though each effort proves as vain, He shakes his coat and dives again, Till wearied with the fruitless play, Then drops his tail and sneaks away, Nor longer heeds the bawling boy, Who seeks new sports with added joy, And on some banks or hanging brow Beats the wasp's nest with a bow, Till armies from the hole appear, And threaten vengeance in his ear, With such determined hue and cry, as make the bold besieger fly elsewhere, fresh mischief to renew, and still his teasing sports pursue, pelting with excessive glee the squirrel on the woodland tree, who nimbles round from grain to grain and cocks his tail and peeps again, half pleased as if he thought the fray which mischief made was meant for play, till scared and startled into flight he instant hurries out of sight. Thus he his leisure hour employs, And feeds on busy meddling joys, While in the willow-shaded pool His cattle stand, their hides to cool. Loud is the summer's busy song, The smallest breeze can find a tongue, Where insects of each tiny size Grow teasing with their melodies. Till noon burns with its blistering breath around, And day dies still as death, The busy noise of man and brute Is on a sudden lost and mute, The cuckoo singing as she flies, No more to mocking boy replies. Even the brook that leaps along Seems weary of its bubbling song. And so soft its waters creep, Tired silence sinks in sounder sleep, The cricket on its banks is dumb, The very flies forget to hum. And save the wagon rocking round, The landscape sleeps without a sound. The breeze is stopped, the lazy bough, hath not a leaf that dances now, The totter grass upon the hill, And spiders' threads are standing still, The feathers dropped from moorhen's wing, Which to the water's surface cling, As steadfast and as heavy seem As stones beneath them in the stream. Hawkweeds and ground cells fanning downs, Unruffled keep their seedy crowns, And in the oven-heated air not one light thing is floating there, Save that to the earnest eye The restless heat seems twittering by.
noon swoons beneath the heat it made, and flowers e'en wither in the shade, until the sun slopes in the west, like weary traveller glad to rest on pillared clouds of many hues. Then nature's voice its joy renews, and chequered field and grassy plain hum with their summer songs again, a requiem to the day's decline, whose setting sunbeams coolly shine a welcome to day's feeble powers, as evening dews on thirsty flowers. Now to the pleasant pasture dells, Where hay from closes sweetly smells. Adown the pathway's narrow lane, The milking maiden hies again, With scraps of ballads never dumb, And rosy cheeks of happy bloom, Tanned brown by summer's rude embrace, That adds new beauties to her face, And red lips never paled with sighs, and flowing hair and laughing eyes, that earth full many a heart prevailed, and swelling bosom loosely veiled, white as the loved harbours there, unsullied with the taints of care. The moor gives his labour o'er, and on his bench beside the door sits down to see his children play, or smokes his leisure hour away while from her cage the blackbird sings, that on the woodbine arbour hings, and all with happy joys receive the quiet of a summer's eve. So that was Becky playing Speed the Plough. We hope you've enjoyed July. Apologies for the confusion with the two versions, but it's been interesting to see almost how he worked by looking at the differences between the two versions. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you do feel like giving us a few pounds, please do visit the Kofi page. That's www.kofi.com forward slash the thunder mutters. That's ko-fi.com. Let's hope the weather improves to reflect Claire's poem and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.
We're coming back next time with another series of responses to John Clare by poets and musicians. And we're still open for submissions from anyone else, who, if you've got tunes from Clare's tune book or poems of your own responding to John Clare, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us on thethundermutters at gmail.com or find us on Facebook under The Thundermutters or on Twitter at Thundermutters. The tune book can be found on the website, The Village Music Project, so you'll be able to find the tunes to play there. And we look forward to finding you here next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.